0: How about writing a book about your corporate story or anything else to establish yourself as a thought leader in your corporate space or just quit your job and become a full-time writer? Hi, this is Hina Siddiqui and you are listening to the Corporate Life Podcast. Everyone has a story inside of them and this story matters. I believe that it's your responsibility as a human being to make this story available to the world so they could learn from your experiences and be inspired. Or if your corporate life is not giving you what you want and you have a writer inside of you, you can even quit your boring and exhausting job and be a full-time author. Is that easy and even possible? This is what we are going to talk about in today's show. I have with me Douglas Weissman, my special guest this week, sharing his pearls of wisdom on this topic. Douglas is a San Fernando Valley native published novelist, and travel writer. His seven precious books were for young adults and new adult audiences. He has lived in Italy and San Francisco and traveled the world before returning to Los Angeles. His new novel, Life Between Seconds, was partially inspired by a visit to Buenos Aires when he learned about the Madras de la Plaza de Mayo and the thought, what if my mother was waiting for me to come home? Let's welcome Douglas on the show. Hi Douglas, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here.
0: Yes, I'm really happy to see you because I myself the a writer because my uh, journey also started uh, as a writer 20, 10 years ago when I left my corporate job. So it's so good to see you because uh, there are a lot of people who are not aware that uh, you know they can actually start a writing career and make it a full-time living. So your story is going to inspire them.
1: I hope so. I mean, I was one of those people for so long, and it wasn't until I committed to the craft and committed to making it work that I realized it can be a thing.
0: Yeah, it's such a big fortune when we figure that out. And we come out of that struggle and understand our gift, you know, identify the gifts that we have and you start using it. So how was how was the journey like? Just tell us how did it begin?
1: Well, I I struggled to say that it started at second grade when I was about eight years old. And it was oh. It was because that was when I first found a love of storytelling, and I wrote a story in class, and my teacher loved it so much she had me present it to the class, but from that moment on, although I really enjoyed storytelling, I didn't really think that it was a career. I didn't think that you could really be a writer today and have that be your job, and so I kept pushing it away. When I was at university, I kept thinking I would do something else, but I couldn't I couldn't really figure out or picture anything else and I just decided at one point that I was going to be a writer and so I applied to graduate school I didn't get in the first time but then I I got in the second time but in that time it it I committed to it even more I decided I am going to do this this is what I am going to do for the rest of my life and I'm going to make it work and I was able to start travel writing first and then also writing a novel on the side. And through that, travel writing became my main focus. And then writing novels was still a thing that I grew. So now I have eight novels out and a ninth one coming out uh, either end of this year, beginning of next year. And I still do travel writing. And those are two passions of mine, traveling and then sharing the stories and then creating stories and sharing those stories. So I'm able to do that as as my life's work. And it's just every day, uh, uh, another reason to wake up.
0: Wow, I can so relate with that because I also am so passionate about traveling and writing. Though I don't write about traveling, however, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I want to ask you, uh, Joglas, how was it like? How difficult or easy was it to reach this to this decision that you want to be a full-time writer? Was it easy for you?
1: Yo, know, it was. It was easy to finally say yes, but getting to say yes was the hard part because every conversation around me every voice was saying that's not a career you'll never make any money you'll you're going to have to do something else and yeah. and it wasn't necessarily my family my family is very supportive but it was society it was you know friends who thought they were just joking but at the same time that joke hit in a way that affected me cuz i was like you're right i can't be a writer i'm never going to make any money but when i said yes it became the easiest thing in the world when i said yes and committed to being a writer i immediately found ways to make money writing
0: yeah correct i think it's it's the talk of the past when people uh, who were the writers were not able to make money out of their writing but now in in the present uh, modern world where there are a lot of opportunities available so now this uh, this there has to be a shift about this you know mentality that mindset that there's no money in in writing
1: Oh, yeah. And I don't know if it was the internet, or, but the internet definitely helped remind us that writing is an important tool. And whether it's blog posts or newsletters or social media or books or movies and, and the pandemic around the world really demonstrated why writing books and writing TV shows and writing movies is still important because people want that entertainment and they want that escape. And computers don't create that. Movies and TV shows and books aren't just created out of nowhere. And the ones that really, really compel us are ones written by people that share the human experience. And even with the talk about all the, the AI chatbots out there that are really popular right now, they still don't create stories with that human experience. And they never will, no matter how well they evolve, because they're never going to understand the human experience, the importance yeah. of relationships and, and all the ways that we connect to a story.
0: Mm. your story um, you know it looks like uh, a very beautiful thing and I think a lot of people would love to live that life where they are traveling and sharing their travel stories with the, with the world so would you please talk about uh, your books and out of your eight books which one is your favorite and um, I mean I I do
1: have a favorite. I do have a favorite. It's true. And and so Life Between Seconds is my most recent novel. It was released November 15th of 2022. The reason it's my favorite is because it's the first novel I ever started writing. Mm -hmm. I started writing it in 2011 when I first got into grad school. And it took 10 years, 11 years to get it finally published in the world. And it wasn't that long of a time of writing it. It was maybe about five or six years writing it. And then I would I would query an agent. I'd get a rejection. I'd go back and and look at my book and see if it's ready. I'd query another agent. And and that was the process. And then I'd change my query letter. But between all of that, and then also just going directly to a publisher in the end and getting it accepted and the three years it took to get published. So that was about 11 years total. So I had the most amount of time with it. I have the most connection with the characters. I have the biggest relationship with wanting this to succeed in the world and, and the biggest investment in the lives of the characters to even that I think about them, even though the book's been long finished and published, I'm still thinking like, oh, well, where are they now? Or what are they doing? And are they still getting together for dinner on Friday nights or things like that? And, and it's. So it's not just a passion, it's part of my life. I mean, they 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 came from me and I invested in them and I had conversations with them and watched them have conversations with each other and grow. So it's it's not the same, but still similar to like having children. And I mean, that's such a- I agree,
0: I agree right? with it, that.
1: that. That seems to be the conversation people have, writers have about their books, right? They're like children. and And it's true to a degree because you spend so much time and you invest so much effort in making them grow and becoming something great. And that's, I have a three-year-old and that's my investment in her. So it's, it's similar, but it's not the same.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I totally agree with that. And this is something like when we put something out of ourselves and, uh, you know, because everybody has a story inside of them because we have lived so many experiences. And when we actually reflect on those experiences, this this is self-reflection and we grow uh, in the whole journey. We we you know, come to the conclusions where we draw the lessons and we actually grow in that in that phase. This is so beautiful experience.
1: Yes, I completely agree. And I love what you say about everybody having a story because it's yeah. true and, and everybody's story matters. And I think that just the difference between me as a writer and someone who's not a, a writer is just that I learned I learned how to share that story. And someone oh. who is not a writer can still learn how to share their story too.
0: Exactly. It's like everything is difficult before it becomes easy, right? So it, initially, it may sound difficult. It may feel difficult that, you know, uh, thinking very hard about what kind of experiences we live. But then when we when it starts flowing, uh, then it becomes easy, right? For long years, I believed that being money minded was a bad thing. So I kept on avoiding money. In every job interview, I hesitated to negotiate salary and turn down every opportunity to make money. Even my coaching business functioned as a free service for a long time because the reason I got into coaching was to serve people. Then I started realizing the side effects of my wrong money mindset. Thanks to my coaches and mentors who set me up for money inflow while serving the world. Whatever career you are into, if your money mindset is distorted, you are going to struggle in your career. And the amazing fact is that you would not even realize that you are sabotaging your full potential because all this happens at the sub and unconscious level. Your money stories are deep rooted, particularly if you have seen a money deprived childhood. The solution is to identify your patterns and let them go as fast as you can because it's costing you your career. That's why The Money Mindset is a big part of all my coaching programs. Send me a quick mail to connect at authorhina.com to know more about my programs. Douglas, why is it that uh, you chose to go with an indie publisher?
1: So I wasn't really having traction with agents and I would get some really great feedback, rejections, but great feedback. And then I had, I had about 110 rejections from agents oh, wow. and... Maybe five or seven of them were possibilities were, oh, if you change this, we'll go with you or, oh, uh, this could seem good, but maybe I have a client who's writing a similar book, things like that. And and one agent I got really close to signing with, but in the end, they wanted me to take out the magical realism aspects of the book. And I just didn't want to do that. I was too attached to it and it helped tell a different part of the story that I, I wanted to share. So after a few years of querying and not finding any, any interest, one of the things that I know about agents is that they need to be as passionate about your book as you are about your book. Yeah. And with that in mind, I thought, well, if I need to be, or if I need to find someone who's just as passionate about my book, then why don't I just sell my own book because I am the most passionate about my book? Yeah. So I started querying independent publishers because they're smaller they accept unsolicited manuscripts so i don't have to have an agent i don't have to have that network of people within that group that i did not have and i was able to find a publisher that way and it's been a really great relationship
0: wow amazing and these days it's very easy to write and uh, publish a book i would say because amazon and there are lots of other platforms where people can self publish their work and it's it's very easy for uh, for the people and right now uh because we are on the show where we we talk to corporate professionals so it's very easy for anybody of uh, of our listeners right for any of our listeners uh, to to just get their story out put it on the paper and publish it Uh, themselves,
1: isn't it? Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's really when thinking about publishing your book, it's all about what the intention is, right? Is the intention because you want to be a published quote unquote author and you want to have the book out there in the world on bookshelves? Is it because you want to support your your brand as a, a thought leader in that space? Is it because you want to just tell people that you published a book, whether it's traditional or not I mean all these things are reasons and and looking at your intention helps you understand whether you need to go with a traditional publisher or whether you could just self-publish
0: yes correct uh Douglas how do you keep accountable to your writing
1: that is one of the most difficult parts for any writer I think is the accountability because as more and more people worked from home recently they have found that it's really difficult to f- stay motivated or, or to stay focused and for me, I've been working remotely since 2013. So I was one of the people who already had a system in place of staying accountable. It became different when my wife started working from home and now there's somebody next to me who's who's trying to talk to me. And I'm like, no, no, that's that's not what I do in this time of day. Yeah. But, but I set up just my own understanding of how I work best. And by leaning into how I work best, it keeps me accountable. Sometimes I have friends who we we kind of go through sprints where we'll say, okay, if if we write this amount of time and then send it to each other, that's the accountability and we're going to do this for one month. But mostly I don't have that that safety net. So I have to give myself something that works in my framework where I have a three-year-old, I want to spend time with my daughter. I have a nine to five that's writing. So doing that creative output over there needs to be different than the creative output for my books. So I sit there and I think, okay, 10 minutes I can write for 10 minutes. No one's going to interrupt me in these 10 minutes. I don't have time to second guess. And 10 minutes isn't that long of a period of time to make me think yeah. that I can procrastinate or that I'll put it off later. No, it's, it's only 10 minutes. I'll do it right now. Let's get it going. I do that five to six nights a week. And that way I get my writing
0: done. Great. Uh, when I uh, listen to it and I go back in my past, uh, when I was actually writing my books, I have written five books so far. So it's oh, wow. like uh, I used to you know block one hour of uh, of my time every evening and every morning, twice a day, uh, most often, and then I would just you know make myself make myself sit uh, in the yeah. place and actually write. So this is actually it depends on uh, how how, uh, you know, you want to keep yourself accountable and what works best for you.
1: That's exactly it. I used to, when I was younger, I would like, Oh, two hours, I will write for two hours. Or I would write all day. I'd have a day off. I worked two or three restaurant jobs when I was younger. So it was like, Oh, my one day off. And I would spend it in a cafe writing for like five to seven hours. But then as I aged and I didn't have that focus anymore and I was more tired at the end of the day and I was working a different job and had a family what is my energy level at and how much focus do I have and am I burnt out from this or that or the other thing so you know I'd love to sit down for an hour two hours oh man to have that to be to, to give myself that but yeah. until I get back to that space I'm like all right 10 minutes is is what I got so that's where I'm going
0: yeah, it's like an addiction also, right? I I think yeah. that because when you are a writer, you just love to write, right? Oh, Whenever you sit, you just love that. So it's very yeah. easy for us to be inspired. But then if somebody is not actually just stepping into the space, right? And not, uh, is, uh, not has been familiar with that kind of writing speed and stuff like that. What advice would you like to give to them? Like, how do they keep themselves inspired to write?
1: You know, it's it's a huge issue with writers, whether new or seasoned writers, because there, there's that mid-story slump that we often talk about where it's like you get maybe halfway or a third of the way through your book, and then all of a sudden you're bored with it and you see another shiny idea and you're like, yeah. oh, let's go with that idea instead. And you and then you start <laughs> a completely yeah. new book. Yeah. It happens to everybody. The the big thing is is just kind of staying committed to to the overall storytelling to what the stories are trying to tell. And one of the things that helped me was, was learning that. So I was in, I was in grad school. I'm sitting in a cafe. I love writing in cafes. It's like my favorite thing to just have like a hot yeah. cup of pastry. Oh, that's where I could sit for hours at a time and, yeah. and not be bothered. But uh, a, a professor of mine walked in and I was telling him that I was writing a particular scene and I'm like, I'm just gonna write all of the scenes that I find interesting now and then go back and fill in the boring bits later. And he looked at me and says, Doug, why do you have to write any of the boring bits? And it blew my mind. I'm like, why do I have to write any of the boring bits? You're right. I don't need to put in boring bits. That doesn't make any sense. Cause if I'm bored, the reader's gonna be bored. And by keeping that in mind, it has always made me focus every chapter, every paragraph, every sentence has to be something that I'm interested in and why am I interested in this thing? And for me, it could be a subject matter. It could be a a relationship matter or it could be even the fact that I love writing run-on sentences because I feel that they can imitate the kind of the tension of a scene. So like if I give you a run-on sentence and you get breathless by the time you're done reading it, it imitates whatever action is taking place.
0: Mm.
1: And so that keeps me interested in as well. And a lot of times I have to go back and edit that out, but that's a different story. But the fact of the matter is I just understand what compels me to write and what I'm connected to in my story, whether it's to characters, to relationships, what action is being taken place, the actual writing itself of sentences, of sentence structure, of a word choice. So that's where my interest lies. And for other writers, if the story is starting to sag, that means that it doesn't mean that you're out of ideas, but it could mean that maybe you're not writing the ideas that you are interested in and you think that you have to fill in the boring bits when you don't.
0: Correct. I I, I relate with that because uh, environment is also important. Environment take, uh, you know, plays a very big role in um, how interested we get. For me too, it's like writing uh, in, in a cafe. It's such a beautiful idea and I can also sit in a cafe and write all day long. Starbucks is a place where I wrote my first book, like the large part of it was written in there. Yeah. So well, now
1: that's your favorite Starbucks, isn't it? Like the one yes. that. <laughs> yeah. I know. I like. I was. I wrote the book Life Between Seconds when I was living in San Francisco, and so there are certain coffee shops okay. that I, whenever I'm in the city, I want to go revisit because it makes me feel connected, reconnected to that story, and just writing and all of that.
0: Right. Correct. <laughs> right. Great, um, Douglas. Uh, for the corporate people who are our listeners today, and. Um, they want to start a book for example and what what is your best piece of advice to them how do they start and uh, how how can they finish their book
1: yeah okay so i've worked in the corporate environment i've told stories for corporations and built brands and it all comes down to storytelling and the piece of advice i have for those working in the corporate environment is going to sound terrible and they might hate it you might you might hate it and that's okay but how you start writing is you sit down and you write one sentence Yeah, and that's, it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't have to be a good sentence. In fact, it shouldn't be a good sentence, Write The worst sentence you could think of, because then you take away all the criticisms that you could possibly have in thinking that you have to start with a good sentence. Just, just write a terrible sentence. Then as you write more, the sentences will get better and you don't have to critique them but you're getting your story down and as you get your story down it will develop and you can develop it and you can and it, and it will evolve and the sentences will evolve and your story will will come into being and that's when you go back and say okay well this is where the real story is this is the story i want to tell these are the good sentences that i can keep i will change these sentences to be better the worst thing you can do is think that your story at first needs to be perfect it doesn't and it won't be and once you get that out of your head then you can write whatever you need to write
0: right and we are uh, being the biggest critic of ourselves uh, we are never going to like it even mm-hmm. after it comes out now the thing is that uh, i have seen that in my own experience that uh, first of all you need to write you need to like your work yeah if we don't like our work then definitely nobody would yeah. It's important to have that confidence and have that you know self belief that uh, whatever you do is just perfect, like perfect as in that you have done your best and put in those kind of emotions in in your work and then put put it that way.
1: Yes, that I love that. It's perfect only when you put your best into it. I love that as opposed to some ethereal standard of perfection that can never be reached because no, and that's. In my opinion, perfection outside of your definition, because your definition was was fantastic. Perfection outside of that definition is just a way of procrastination. It's just Mm -hmm. saying, well, it's not perfect, so I won't do it or I'll put it out later or I have to keep reworking it so I can't publish it. And all those are just are just prolonging the pain of until publishing and then you'll never publish because you always will find another comma to change or another word you can fix or whatever. And I'm not saying don't proofread your work. But what I am saying is that once it gets to a place where you feel confident and comfortable with it, just as you said, then it's perfect. And then you put it out.
0: Yeah. It's like perfection leads to procrastination. So I I love that. Whatever you said, like it's yes, you just, you just can't be perfect ever. Yeah. And we don't have to be, why do we?
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, it's, it's a fine line, right? It's, it's this real tightrope walk between like making it the best you can and then procrastinating because you want it to be perfect. But for me, I reworked a book for six years before I finally sold it. And but those six years wasn't me sitting there waiting for it to be perfect for maybe four or five years. It was, I would say four years. It was right. Rewriting, reworking, making it the best I can. But then it also comes to a point where you can't do it yourself. It comes to a point where you need other people's eyes on it. And then that's actually the point where you can make it better and become confident in it because other people you're, you're confident enough to show it to other people. Other people are going to give you advice and advice if they're not writers if they're your friends and family that are not in the writing space it can be yeah. difficult cuz they're going to come back and they're going to say it's perfect or they're going to say it's not shakespeare and both of those criticisms are terrible as yeah. right but but what it does is it, it can show you oh well these three people said similar things about this one spot so i know i need to change that or maybe they're not understanding this thing over here so i need to fix that and that's where it can really help you develop your work until you realize, okay, I made these changes and now I feel ready.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. Uh, Douglas, uh, where uh, can we find your books?
1: So my book, Life Between Seconds, is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, bookshop.org. It's available in Target. Check out Life Between Seconds. You can also find me at douglasweisman.com, or on Facebook at Douglas Weissman or on Instagram at Douglas Weissman, LinkedIn. I'm really active on LinkedIn at Douglas Weissman. Luckily, my name's not very popular. So it's super easy to find me in these places.
0: Great, Awesome. And I'm going to include your contact information, your books information in the show notes section so that people can find you there and uh, get the opportunity to read your books too
1: yeah read my book and reach out i love i love chatting with people i especially love chatting with people about writing whether it's you know trying to write a corporate book trying to rebrand or trying to write a novel or a memoir i'm i'm in all these places
0: awesome awesome Uh, douglas thank you so much for being on the show and it was such fun talking to you because uh, a writer talking to writer is like nothing can be better than that
1: I completely agree. Except we're both in coffee shops writing. That's like the only thing that compares.
0: (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Thank you very much. And uh, all the very best for your books.
1: Thank you very much. And I appreciate it. Sorry, my dog just started to whine because she wants to go on a walk. So I hope that doesn't affect anything.
0: (laughs) That's completely okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Take care. (laughs) Thank you. Now, if you're inspired to write a book, connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you would like to write about. That's it for this week. I'll see you next week. Love you guys and girls. Stay happy and safe. Thank you for tuning in. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and go to my website authorlina.com for life and career changing tools and resources. Be sure to download and read my book Secrets of the Six-Figure Employee with Zero Stress. It's available on Amazon.